Hello all and welcome to the 79th edition of On The Ball, the Norwich City podcast that loves a good team news surprise. I'm Michael Bailey, I cover the Canaries for The Athletic and I hope this finds you safe and well. On the way, Arsenal about face. Oh yeah, no, that does work. A double century Farker and City star sign with a bit of Mark magic. We will work through all that and more with our guests this fine August evening. They are on the ball debutant journalist and City fan, Melissa Rudd. Hello. I, I should just explain, definitely City fan, despite this Arsenal shirt behind me. Those listening, um, Melissa has a pair of Arsenal shirts behind her. Um, uh, <laughs> a wonderful, uh, a wonderful choice. And we'll get into that in a bit. Um, also joining us this evening, along come Norwich gentleman Tom Parsley. Thank you. I'll take that. I like gentlemen. Good. I worked hard on that one. And uh, finally, but by no means leastly—that's not a word. PA Media's Canaries mascot and an excellent journalist himself, Jim Van Wyke. Well, I agree with one of those statements, anyway. Good evening. <laughs> I'll leave. I'll, li- I'll leave the listeners to, to to work out which one by it's the end a, of the show. It's a fair play, fair play, Jim. Um, thank you so much for joining us, guys. It is an absolute pleasure. So, um, Melissa, Mel, first of all, um, why have you got a pair of Arsenal shirts behind you, and did you not think about bringing them down before you went live? Uh, well, my husband's an Arsenal fan, so this is his office. I've been lucky enough that I haven't had to work from home. He has. So I said, well, everything Arsenal can go in one room. So I've got two signed Norwich shirts in the hallway and one in the dining room. But there's two in here that what can I do? I can't. What I can't, can you do? I can't I mean, take are, them down. Are home relations OK since the weekend? Yeah, all right. No, they're <laughs> fine. There was, um, there was uh, when we lost them in 2013, that real controversial under Chris Hewton when we, we were 1-0 up until about yes. the 85th minute. And then mm. there was... They scored three, controversial penalty. Then there was, um, well, friction, let's just say that. Yeah. It wasn't a happy home for a while. We can imagine. Well, um, yeah, I mean, I suppose there was less controversy this this time around, but we will get stuck into that. I'm, I've enjoyed quashing the uh, controversy this time around. Uh, Tom, good evening to you. How are you? Hello, mate. Uh, very, very good. Thank you. All ready to talk some Excellent bottom of the table, Norwich. <laughs> you're, the, you're the old hand tonight, really. I think you, you've you've been on as much as as much as anyone. I, I, if there's a if there's an incarnation of Michael Bailey's media career, I, I want to have a part of it. I will I'll follow you wherever you go. Bless you. Well, I'm taking that as a as a compliment, most definitely. Um, Jim, you are wearing a Norwich City Arsenal half and half scarf. Well, I, I, I said I would never ever purchase half and half scarves, and you know I. I'm not a big fan of them myself, but my son, who growing up in Essex, is a little bit of a little bit of a gooner. Um, trying you know get out of him as best you can, but uh, so <laughs> that's not going to help. Jim. No, half so half scarf's not going to No, so he's down at the game at the weekend. So this is his um his half and half scarf, um, which I just about I suppose I let him get away with. It's my fault for bringing him a Gunnosaurus home once, wasn't it? When he was like two, and going like, oh, it's Gunnosaurus, brilliant. <laughs> So, yeah, we should point out at this point. Um, I mean, you spent a long time covering Arsenal. Yeah, yeah. PA, from, so you've, you've yeah had a bit from of an when Arsenal they spot. moved. Um, I was probably to blame for the Baron years because they, as soon as they moved from from Highbury, and I started covering them full time, then um, yeah, they didn't uh, they didn't didn't win very much. But no, some great times, great club, um, great people, and um, the great man no longer there. Um, yeah, yeah, wow. Yeah, the vision it's, for World Cup every two years, which I'm sure he would have <laughs> definitely signed up for when he was Arsenal manager. We're we're not we're not addressing that one tonight. Uh, I think no. that's also quite enough Arsenal talk. I think we've been far too nice to them already. So we're gonna we're gonna motor on through. Um, thank you all for joining us. Hope you're all good out there as you um, as you watch and listen away. Shall we crack on with this week's headline act? I mean, I'm not sure I like that sting. And also, I've, I'm still at the point where I'm playing it on my phone because <laughs> I haven't thought it out. But let's let's move on very quickly, shall we, with uh, this week's headline act, um, which, of course, was um, was Saturday's fallout, really. It was a um, a strange old game. I still feel uh, conflicted over what exactly was good or, or bad about it and, and how, to, how to feel about it, much like Norwich's start to the season, to be, to be honest. Um, 
Mel, you were there. You were in the away end. Tell me when everyone left, which was hopefully you know quite close to the 90th minute and not earlier. Um, what were people muttering to themselves? Um, I think we we could still be playing now and we wouldn't have scored. I think that was the main takeaway. Um, that we looked pretty toothless in attack. And actually, yes, the goal may have been controversial. I think we've kind of proven that it should have stood and it, and it did stand. Yes, we only lost 1-0. But actually, I thought we were out fought for a lot of the game, which is unforgivable, really. A lot of second balls we didn't win, especially second half. Um, and that was that was the most disappointing thing. So you don't you don't mind being outplayed, but I did feel that we were outbattled, outfought in every department, really, which was the most most disappointing thing of the day. It, it struck me, Tom, when Todd Cantwell came on in the second half quite early, that um, he was sort of sprinting out to um, to meet opposition players. And actually, it struck me that that hadn't happened actually that much. I was sort of praising Todd. For seeing him do it and then I was like oh hang on though I shouldn't really be noticing that one player has suddenly started you know literally going out to meet and and, and address an Arsenal player. Yeah not laying a glove on uh, the opposition has been a bit of an on-off theme for the first four games um, you know, obviously the first I think it was the first game where didn't Liverpool commit either the same or, or more fouls than us um, and it's and it's one of those situations where you think, well, the very least we can do, as Mel says, is we can you know get 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 in amongst them and be difficult to play against and unpleasant to play against. And we've always had this issue, particularly in the top flight, of being nice Norwich and being you know an easy place to to, to go to and having have being nice people to come and visit uh, when we go away. Um, and with Weber talking about sending us to to war with a gun or a tank this time or whatever, if it's a tank made of eggshells. You know, we, we, we've bought players, we've spent some money. I, I don't see the victory. I don't see the anger. I don't see the spite. I don't see the physicality. We don't seem to have improved in that, that part of the, the important part of the Premier League, the physical nature. We might have got faster, which is one of the things we were lacking last time. I don't think we've got stronger. And obviously we've got a couple of lads to see, hopefully Saturday, which might show us that we have bought some some muscle although I did I did see one of them on international duty and I'm not sure I mean um Jim Arsenal are probably one of those sides where you'd come up against and and you'd feel oh let's let's get in amongst them which is probably quite mm -hmm. a cliche um so that that is maybe one element that that's slightly annoying because you you feel like that is a place where you could where Norwich could actually benefit from from doing that more anyway um I really don't want to see I, I, a I don't want to see Norwich get bullied at Burnley but also I think Arsenal at Burnley next I really don't want to just see them get bullied to a 2-0 defeat because that would be really depressing um but but also sort of reflecting on the game afterwards um although Arsenal were pretty good in that second half I felt the moment when Arteta kind of changed formation slightly and brought on different personnel there wasn't much of a reaction to that. Um, I know that Daniel did did make a few changes, and but but in terms of that, that managing and, and tactical nuance in in a Premier League game that a lot of those coaches can manage, that's probably one of the things I do really want to see from Daniel Farker this season. And I'm, I'm not sure. I was then thinking retrospectively whether that was one of the elements that lost Norwich the game. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think when the team sheet came out, didn't it, and, and we looked at it. You know, it was it was just a little bit puzzling for me. I think, I, but he'd almost preempted it when we we on on the Zoom call with him on Friday and talking about it, and you know, saying, "Well, you know, you're not just going to throw these guys straight in because they look oven ready for the Premier League." And it's oh, you know, we've got to give them a little bit of time and things. And you know, would would our defence have looked any you know any any different with you know Gibson and Kabak in there? You know, maybe instead of you know Hanley and Billy Gilmore had a look. You know, he had a lot of time on the international break as well, didn't he? And you know, he's someone who brings brings something different to the side. But yeah, I, I think I agree. I mean, if you know, Arsenal Arsenal were probably there to be to be got at. Um, certainly, the mood going into the game was, you know, this could potentially be the nail in Mikel Arteta's coffin, couldn't it? If Norwich did get a result, and there just wasn't quite enough impetus, I don't think. Um, you know, through through the whole game. That said, though, had that Kenny McLean chance gone in early on, you know, is is that the difference? Is it just small margins and Norwich don't take them where other teams, you know, other teams end up taking them? And at the end of the day, Arsenal fans were thinking, you know, we are staying up after they've beaten Norwich with a really, really scrappy goal, which was probably <laughs> offside unless you watched it on super slow. In the wow. VAR room. 
I mean, but, it definitely you know. wasn't. If anyone and anyone listening or what's watching this uh, still feels that it was should have been no, given offside. Was, there was nothing wrong with say, it. No, the, the, no, the rules. You may want yeah. the rules changed, but the rules as they are state that yeah. it was right that it that it stood. Um, even the handball from Saka in the build-up is probably a bit of a bit of a stretch. Although you know, maybe at Old Trafford that gets given. I don't know. But um, so that that was one point. I mean, Pepe was was pretty lucky with the fact that he did manage to have a ricochet that went straight across the six-yard box because he didn't know a lot about it. Um, and I think that probably settles all of those things. But um, uh, do we each have a, a a positive that we can we can take? From the game, that want I want to throw up a biggest positive and a biggest negative if I can, because we can get sort of maybe stuck in in themes a little bit. But um, Mel, do you want to give us a well? You can choose positive or negative. Um, I'll try and give a positive, and yes. I think that was that um, Brandon Williams played really well. I thought he was our best player uh, by a mile, actually. Um, you you know we we spoke about being out fought and out battled. I think he was probably the only player in a yellow shirt that that didn't kind of shy away and that did, did, I don't want to say give everything, but he, he played really well. Um, I thought we looked comfortable on the ball as well. Um, after, you know, Leicester where he kind of made a mistake for the goal. I think it's really important that he, he got a, a good performance under his belt and, and he really did. And, you know, if he was unlucky to, to not get anything from the game. Cause I think he, he was definitely the, the standout player for us, for me. You do almost have to remind yourself that he's playing on the left when he probably considers himself a right back. Um, it's because he's, he's it's not an obvious um, a shortfall in his game. I would suggest. Um, Tom, you get a choice: positive or negative? Well, I think um, Mel's actually summed up my negative with her positive in that um, they are so few and far between. We, we going into the season, I fully expected us to be bottom. I fully expected us to be uh, zero points after the first four games because if you look at what we were playing. You know, you would you would seem a bit a bit crazy if you suggested anything other than nicking a point at best somewhere. So, got not it's not so much the fact we are where we are. The biggest negative for me is that that you can count on half of one hand maybe how many positives there actually are. What you wanted to see by now is a narrower margin of victory. And okay, Saturday was a narrower scoreline, but what was it? 30 shots is the most shots Arsenal have had since 2018 or something ridiculous. You know, that's not that. Yes, it was in there. There was a few people who went to Emirates. I wasn't at the Emirates on, on Saturday who said, you know, one nil really flattered us. Uh, Krul had to pull out two or three fantastic saves. Uh, I I think he comes out with a bit of credit in terms, I know there's some distribution issues, but in terms of what he's there to do, which is primarily stop shots, he did make some great saves. Um, yeah, that, that for me is the worry. You would have wanted Rashica to look up and running by now, and I thought he did in patches in the Leicester game. And I go and then international breaks have come at a really good time for Daniel a lot of times. And uh, I think you wrote recently, Michael, about how um, his win percentage is insane before the first one, and then suddenly jumps up after the first one. This one really feels like we needed it to come after the Arsenal game. I really feel it would have made a big psychological difference if we could have got that out of the way and then started building. Um, because now they've, they've, it's a huge week for Daniel. And, and what we said before the season um, over at Oncom Norwich was uh, Daniel's coaching chops will be tested, not necessarily in what happens in the first four games, but how do you motivate a team that is almost certainly going to be bottom of the league and almost certainly going to have zero or one point? How do you motivate them that and find the positives from those first four games to show in the video room and say, look, here's a positive, build on that, here's a positive... I think it's a harder job than I even thought it was going to be because there are so few passages of play where we genuinely hurt other teams in what, whatever it is, 300 and 400 minutes of play. I, w- I would like to see someone put the video together of Arsenal's 30 shots. I've got to be honest, because I think, I think there were three saves, but I mean, it wasn't like Tim had many saves to make. You know, for, for a team taking 30 shots, I don't know how many of them were on target. I should probably check that out. Um the thing that stuck with me as well, actually, Kenny McLean's chance was very good, but act- the one that led to Aubameyang being th- clear and trying to score from 35 yards in the first half, um, Christos Jolis's ball across the box was a brilliant chance for Tamu Puki, had he have read it. It was. It was a really such a good chance, exactly what he would have wanted. And for some reason, Tamu was, was maybe two yards just behind it and slow to preempt it. Maybe that will come, but... 
thought that was a that was a golden opportunity that one um jim positive or negative you get to choose um i could rant i could rant on about uh, about the negatives but you know i'm gonna put my green and yellow half on and let, yes. let's you know and let's let's try and take some let's try and take some positives and let's try and take a, a reality check and look at our premier league opening opening fixtures who you're playing i mean in, in all honesty how many points did we expect from that as thomas said possibly one i i, I think the performance against Liverpool was, was understandable. Manchester City are going to do that. Are going to do that to uh, do that to anybody. The the Leicester game, I thought there were signs there, um, you know, of, of real real positivity. Of Norwich really been able to get at um, the opposition um, in some in some in some key areas, and probably you know had had Todd Cantwell just taken one step to the left, then you know Norwich would have would have come out of that with, with a point. Um, then we did have the international break, and it's a bit of a an issue, isn't it? I would have liked to have seen, you know, Josh Sargent probably play up front just to freshen up things. And, you know, as, as Tom said, maybe, you know, someone who can actually, you don't want to use the term bully defenders, but, you know, maybe that's what, you know, that's what we need to, that's what we need to, to be bringing into, bringing into the side. But I think we just need to reflect on, we have had the most difficult, difficult start, probably the most difficult start you could get. Um, and if we look at the the other fixtures, and should we go on and win on on Saturday, and I don't think you know that there shouldn't be any reason why Norwich shouldn't be confident that they can do. Look where that puts you in the table. Look where that puts you in relation to 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 the other sides, and other sides say with three points compared to the teams they've played. So I think that is what we need to to, to focus on, and it's 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 difficult when you see lose lose lose. And obviously, you know the, the Bournemouth game, uh, the Bournemouth game aside, but it's it's as as Tom said there. I think the the issue is going to be how do you pick up players every week when you're getting tub, when you're getting turned over, and everything you're trying is not coming off. And that this season is, is where Daniel's really going to earn his corn, isn't it? It certainly is. Um, I did have written down here whether it was a missed opportunity against Arsenal, which we probably slightly addressed. I mean, it was interesting. I, I felt a bit of that against Leicester, and I know a lot of other people did. And Leicester only and only uh, suffered a, a narrow defeat at home to Manchester City at the weekend. So I guess we're still kind of figuring out uh, a lot of things as we go through. Um, and we know what's uh, coming next, of course, at the weekend as well. So um, we will get stuck into that a little bit later on but i think as we uh approach roughly uh, the end of our first half let's uh, try to remain uh, concentrated with our new feature here and that is pick this one out Oh, no, that's 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 a lovely sting. Um, this is our new section. It's definitely nothing like what we did at this point last season. Um, basically, the podders will each get a 30-second window to bring up an issue uh, that they're struggling to let go of. It could be a positive one. that They're just desperate to um, blurt out uh, to, to us all. Um, if the buzzer goes, though, that is the end of the 30 seconds and it will be time to uh, move on. So I hope that all makes sense to everyone um anyone want to go first okay tom i'm gonna you all spoke too late so tom um i'm gonna nominate you to go first you've got 30 seconds and you can start now i would love us to have a, a player or a couple of players who are able to create space um in a way that i saw uh from the just from the highlights of the premier league this weekend uh, not even the big names of some of the other teams in the league, like Traore at Villa. A couple of highlights where he decided to take it on himself. He wasn't even the starter. He came on as a sub in that game at, at the bridge. Um, and, and you know, go a couple of stepovers and suddenly he's got space to, to carve out a shot. We, we don't seem to have that player in, in our 11. Oh, no, I suppose. Well, may, maybe maybe Christos, Jolis, when, when, we get, when we get going, maybe. Let's see it. Maybe let's see it. Um, I thought he did well on 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 Saturday, given it was his Premier League debut. Must admit. Um, Jim, do you want to go next? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Good. Away you go. Yes. Well, uh, it's it's just it's 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 just something you keep hearing over and over again, isn't it? Where people say, "Oh, you know, 
Norwich, Norwich are definitely Norwich are definitely going to get get relegated. Look, you know they've started off the season, no, you know, no points, uh, um, not. Um, you know, when they came up last time, didn't spend any money, just went straight back down again. And it's it's the constant it's the constant criticism about you know trying to look at the, what the club is actually trying to is actually trying to achieve over over all this over all this time. And you know, club coming up and coming from a position where a few years ago playing in the Premier League would have just been a pipe dream when you know trying to pay the actual phone bill before the club would have gone it gone out of business. And I don't really know what people expect clubs to you know, clubs to do and people talk about, you know, lack of ambition. Well, if you look down in, in the lower echelons of the championship and league one, there's several different, you know, supposedly bigger clubs than Norwich city. And, you know, they've, they've had a go and the way they've done it has not been right. Well said Jim, but you didn't mention talk sport. No. Well, you know, is it one inspired it, by talk sport that one? Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's just when, you know, when, when you keep hearing the, you know, I, I guess you know any 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 radio show or you know any, any you know any any opinion column. I, I suppose you know from from some you know coming from from people who maybe not spent enough time looking at the you know the, the background behind it and you know really getting into the club. And I guess that goes for for anything as well. You know, I wrote a piece about Brentford and Brentford and Brighton at the at the at the weekend, and someone pointed out that you know it was only sort of not that long ago they were both playing in League One, and now they're both in the Premier League. You know, and I think everyone just needs to get a bit of a reality, you know, perspective about, you know, everyone in the Premier League has earned their right to be there and has earned their right to try and stay there however they however they see fit. And it just gets a bit annoying, doesn't it, when people say you should just spend money and then mm. what happens when you you know, if you do go down and you haven't got the money back. Anyway, sorry, yes. I've run it on for much more than well, thirty seconds. I, 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 I mean, it's, it was just to try and mention TalkSport, but now I feel like we probably shouldn't do because we, we fuel the beast when we do that, don't we? And we're normally pretty good at not doing it. So we'll just, just scrub their name out of it. Um, Mel, your go. You ready? Ready. Go. Go for it. So this is a long time bugbear for me, but it reared its ugly head on Saturday in the 72nd minute when Norwich had soaked up a load of pressure, finally got out of our half, finally tried to get something. I think a shot was blocked. We got a corner. And we have a corner and, we, and it doesn't clear the first man. And how, I don't understand how a professional footballer who's paid to kick a ball for a living can't deliver a, set, a dead ball into a space. It's different from a penalty. There's no pressure. There's no goalkeeper in front of you. There's, you've got to deliver that into that space. And if you can't get it exactly where you want it, then please just don't hit the first man. And that's exactly what happened. And I absolutely blew my top in the way that happened. <laughs> And as you can um, tell, I'm still angry about it now. I, I know. I'm, I'm glad that the buzzer went a bit earlier that time. Um, I mean, Tom, I saw your smiling face. I was there was a bit. I was speaking to Melissa before we came on. I said, "Oh, it's a, probably a good job that Mr. Andy Lawn, your long come Norwich colleague, isn't on because he, he has staunch views about corners, doesn't he?" It does, and he'll he'll get his coaching badge out and flout it around and say that it isn't necessarily important that it might be an issue that someone should be running across the front man. End of the day, if 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 you don't hit the first man and the result of that is not you then creating a chance, then it's a failure. Um, you know, the outcome of a corner is to create a goal scoring opportunity. So whether or not your idea is to play it to the front man and someone runs in front of it and then the only thing they can do is head it not very far away so that you, you have someone position to pick it up and sweep it back in the box. If that happens, then brilliant. Well done for thinking of that, Mr. Farker. But um, I completely agree with you, Mel. It's it's it's, uh, it's utterly bonkers when on a Sunday, uh, at, at, you know, at Eaton Park or whatever, the majority of fat lads can, can swoop one in uh, and most of them go into the mixer how how can someone on 15, 20, 40 grand a week not manage it? It's all that, isn't it? When they stand up and they go, that, what does that mean? Yeah. That means just yes, I'm yeah. going to kick it straight at the first yeah. man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> yeah. No, no, you're right. It's, 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 it's so frustrating, isn't it? I love it. Yeah. Um, the, the only thing I wanted to uh, mention myself was that um, Norwich fans at Carrow Road, I, I want you to be better than Arsenal fans on Saturday because they were... To be fair, it was as loud as I've heard it there, which isn't saying much for the Emirates. I have to say sorry to your husband, Mel. Um, but you know, it's it's not always the noisiest place. But they were they were on it. They were like, "Yes, we're going to get behind the lads today," and they did that for about twenty minutes. Then they kind of got a bit bored, and and then kind of left it to the team to maybe um, to sort the rest out. Um, but you know, you there, know was really least, helped, there was at least there was at least that. Oh, there was at least that. Sorry, Mel. 
That's what I was going to say. Do you know what really helped? And that was Palace beating Tottenham 3-0 in the early fixture. Because I yeah. happened to be in a pub that was 97% Arsenal fans. And, you know, the the noise they made in that pub every time that when it went to get against Tottenham and the Vieira songs were, you know, loud. And, and that I think that really did help with that early atmosphere. Like you say, it faded away a bit, but that, that definitely helped them, I think. No, it's the age old the age old issue, isn't it? Of um, you know, but if the if the team played better, then we'd be able to sing. Well, that's nonsense because you sing in the concourse before you get to the to the game. You sing on the ball city before a ball is kicked. You sing, you know, in the way pubs before you know. So it is possible for your lungs to belt out a song, um, irrelevant if there being no football played in front of you. So, and if they may be having a bad day, that's the time to lift it. I, I I've been really disappointed with. Uh, how how poor the, the Barkley was in the, for the first couple of home games, um, atmosphere-wise, um, and you know we, we've got two hands tied behind our back and both legs shackled. With you know Norwich, with the club don't have the same appetite as some of the other um, clubs to try and uh, get the atmosphere stuff going, and we are trying to to change that. And unfortunately, we're banging our head against a brick wall at the moment. Um, so what we're going to try and do is get people to um, have a coordination of colour a bit like we did with Wigan away where obviously we couldn't take our flags and our banners and our surface but to tr- just appeal to everyone to bring their yellow scarves and maybe just cut off the other half of yours Jim um, you know, <laughs> bring their yellow and green scarves wear as much yellow as you can um, and and just try and bring as much colour and, and vibrancy to the to the stands as you can because you, you use the word confident you know they're confident they can get a result if they go into that game confident then Farker and his mates have done an incredible job because because if you lose four on the bounce and and know that the club has lost what 13 14 on the bounce in the league if you can get a team of 11 or 15 or 17 or whatever into a game going in confident against a team who have already scored and got picked up a win then then fantastic and I hope they manage it but they are going to need us on on Saturday so if if it's sticky and issue and, and a bit iffy in the first half an hour or if we're one nil down or whatever it cannot be a sit on your hands day. You've got to open your mouth and shout and scream and get behind the boys on Saturday. And actually, yeah, yeah. not to not to go on a double negative here, but I did think the away end atmosphere on Saturday was pretty poor as well. I have to say, in all my visits to the Emirates, that was definitely the quietest I've heard in Orange away end. I think there's a lack of belief at the moment. Um, I think everyone expected us to lose the first four, but deep down. No, I don't think anyone genuinely expects us to stay up. No Norwich, but like, I love Norwich. You know, I love us so much. Um, but I am looking forward to the third Farker Championship title already. I, you know, because <laughs> I'm because sorry, mate. There's 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 <laughs> ease. If 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 with this squad he's assembled, if if they don't give themselves a, a fighting chance, it has to be the best squad that I, I think he's he, he's assembled to, to, to oh, get I, here I and, that, and, that's, and that's and that's and that's with that's with one aim and there are if if the target cannot be that you should get over you know three teams and I, I think there's you're going to find as the season goes on there's going to be a lot of well, I want to use average teams or, or whatever who, who Norwich should be able to go up, go up against, and I just think with, with this start, with the teams that, with the teams that we've had, did people honestly really? I know we beat Manchester City, you know, last time, last time we, we were up, but did anybody really honestly expect us to beat the European champions, the champions, the FA Cup winners, and yeah, okay, you know, Arsenal, not not the Arsenal they were, but if you you, you look at those players they've got. You know, they're, they're, those guys are head and shoulders above anything that we've got in our squad. The teams coming up aren't. And these are the teams that we need to get out. These are the teams we need to target. But I think you are right, Tom. You know, if 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 things don't go right on Saturday, then, you know, questions have to be, you know, questions have to be asked. Because I think people will stomach losing 5-0 to Manchester City, being turned over 3-0 at home by Watford. Not oh, dear Lord. I think one would be enough. One would be enough, Jim. <laughs> but that's um, the point, Jim, about, about mm. the belief. That, that's exactly the point, Jim. No one did really think we were going to do it. So I think those guys mm. around you and, and girls in the away end, uh, Mel, on Saturday, at nil-nil, we're holding on, we're holding on. They're maybe just not necessarily believing that, oh, we're holding on, we're holding on, you know, and, and didn't think, oh, maybe we can help it. It's... That's that's the tricky thing. The, the t- this is an example where the, the the team have to show us something, 
um, to, to show that, look, there are whatever, 100 points, 98 points, whatever, I'm not great at maths, left to play for. There's plenty of points left, and we've got plenty of teams who are going to finish in the bottom six still to play twice, right? We're probably yeah. going to play, you know, five of the bottom six at least twice in, in the rest of the season. We probably haven't played them yet, right? So there's plenty of winnable games. But the point is, is whether or not over the course of that 38 games, we're going to have enough to finish fourth bottom or better. And I don't think we've shown enough of that at the moment to change my opinion before the season, which is this is the best squad by miles. They really have given it a go within the parameters they can safely. Might still might not be quite enough, but come Saturday at half past five, we might feel very differently and we might think, there we go, we're up and running. Which is kind of what I guess I was getting at at the very start of this, which is that I want everyone to rock up a car road and, and believe and just do their bit full energy as much as possible secondary issue i would just add is that um um, as the players took the knee on saturday everyone inside the emirates um uh, made a really positive sound Uh, likewise from what i could tell at elland road when uh, leeds hosted liverpool on saturday none of that stupid booing in the snake pit please car road on saturday that we had against leicester that would be lovely thank you uh right that's about as on my high horse as I get. So um, there you go. Uh, it is half time. So in that case, I'm going to uh, play this. Yeah, I like this music. Um, it is, uh, as always, uh, the second half, which begins with centrefold. Um, now, I did write a, a piece during the international break, which was uh, on uh, memorable debuts. That was for The Athletic and, and part of, a, of a, a wide-ranging series from a lot of my colleagues as well on, on memorable debuts, based on the fact that lots of teams have made signings over the uh, transfer window, of course, which closed just um, at the the very start of the international break. I'm getting my days muddled up now. Can't remember. Um, yeah, it was, wasn't it? It was after that weekend. Um, uh, so, you know, we are now primed for debuts. Um, and so why not um, mem- remember some memorable ones? Uh, we, that was with the expectation that maybe we would see one of uh, Mateus Norman or Ozan Kabak at the Emirates, but it didn't happen, which is fine because it means we've got their debuts to look forward to. Um, but yeah, the, the, the piece on the Athletic is uh, is on Mark Libra and his 19 second uh, introduction against Manchester City, a goal I remember very fondly. That was in 2001 2. Um, a remarkable goal. It's all broken down on the Athletic. Um, I had quite a list to work with, um, but Mark was the one I, 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 went, I went for. Um, any of you guys have a favourite debut that, that comes to mind? Tom, you're laughing. I, I can only remember bad ones. It's, it's, but they it's, can be favourites. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's, I, I just I remember a lot of the debuts on the road, a lot of the lone debuts. Um, I just remember that kind of season and a bit. I remember Karoma away. At, I was at the Rico, um, Coventry away. I think it was first game of the season, and he came on a sub. Um, and... One of my better premonitions turning to, to Ollie, who I was there with, sort of saying after 10 minutes, I'm not sure he's going to have a long Norwich career. <laughs> it just really looked like he didn't know what sport everyone else was playing. Um, and, and, and likewise, I know some someone who's got, become a bit of a cult hero with some of my friends, Alan Gow. Um, I remember being thoroughly unimpressed with Alan Gow when he he first made his debut. Uh, he was a great interviewee, not when, when, when he ever did a press conference. It was, it was literally like... Um, when was he put up? Was everyone else on holiday? <clears throat> uh, yeah, it must have been. Well, I think it was in the time when they used to put a player up as well as the manager ahead of each game. Yeah, but why so, him? <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I think because he was a new like he signing. Was a, he wasn't <laughs> he was having a big impact, was he? It was like, oh, I've arrived. Hello, Alan. Nice to meet you. And every answer to the question was like, why have you asked me that? That's a stupid question, just in slightly different words, basically, or tone. It was uh, it was remarkable. And they weren't particularly awesome. long answers either, but there we go. Um I, I did have, yeah, I had a few other ones on my list, but how about how about you, Mel? I, same as Tom, actually, I got this wrong because I thought, I'll just check it was his debut before, just before we go on air. Um, I thought John Hartson, do you remember Glenn Murray's first game in charge? Yeah. He drew 2-2 against Ipswich. Ipswich. And I thought that was John Hartson's debut, but it wasn't. We'd, I think we signed him a couple of months before, actually. Um, oh. but that really stuck in my head as a, he sort of, changed the game we were 2-0 down weren't we and then we drew 2-2 that sounds um, right and I just remember Glenn Roder after the game 
saying a classic line where he said, uh, we're all in this together, the fans, the dealer, we're all in the same boat, Delia, Michael, the owners, the board, the fans, the players, the families, it's a bloody big boat. And I was like, oh, that, that, that was really funny at the time. And we were like, yes, come on, Glenn, come on. And well, we know it ended. But um, but yeah, so, so not John Hartson, because that wasn't his debut. But um, <laughs> yeah, so it's, I, I was thinking, did Max Aarons make his debut at Portman Road? Have I got that one right? No, because, no, well, his league well. debut. His league he came debut. on, didn't he? <clears throat> he played in the, in, the key, in the cup game against Stevenage. Um, the, oh, the week that was his league debut then when a, someone, his... somebody got injured didn't they and he had to come on at Portman yeah Road. that might have been Steve because then he played against Cardiff in the next round yeah so that would be right yeah, yeah. yeah he um, was brilliant that day absolutely brilliant and then just to stay in the team didn't he after that yeah, yeah indeed yeah. That was, I that made was that really mistake in a piece day. I made that, that mistake really in a piece day. someone had to correct me on that one um, oh. Jim well I mean we got you know met um memorable ones for the maybe maybe for the wrong reason but i'm sure we all remember michael uh theocolitis was it theocolitis oh yeah theo um poor chap wasn't it yeah um <laughs> well that was holt as well wasn't it that was holt's debut as well right there were a lot of debuts be. that day he, he came on didn't did he not come on as a sub though holt in that game no he started no he started did he? He was, yeah, yeah, no, he was, yeah, with um, definitely Tudor Jones, yeah, yeah, Owen Tudor Jones, Matt Gill, Johnny, Johnny Oxhammer Ball, Mike, Mike, Michael Nelson, yeah, I'm sorry, just looking at the soccer, the soccer base list as well, um, but yeah, a memorable debut as well, obviously, is is um, I think one you highlighted as well. Mike was uh, Mark Robbins at Highbury, you know the old Arsenal theme, wasn't it? First, the first one of the of the weight of the Highbury wall, wasn't it? That was it was. It was silence. Tony Adams very uncomfortable with the old back pass rule, <laughs> wasn't it? I was. That was the one I was going to write because I loved. Yeah, the but it, it was yeah, a bit, it was a little bit old school Premier League. You see, we've got to be a bit new, new kids yeah. on the block more. Uh, yeah. Sadly, but that was a wonderful moment. Uh, mm. Leon McKenzie was obviously quite high on my list. Yeah, um, Ricky Ricky Van Wolfswinkle and his wonderful mm. header. Why not? Hey, so many Naismith memorable as well. Naismith. I know we lost against Liverpool, but he yeah, scored he great. a brilliant goal. And we he all did. thought he is the man that we've been missing. He is going to save our season. Wolf's, again... Wolf's Winkle. I remember that. Oh. He said he was going to play for Holland at the World Cup. And we all believed him, wasn't it? But the thing Rob... is, on that, on that, Mel, that goes back to what we were saying before. Naismith is exactly not him, the person now, but that's exactly what we're missing now. That type and, of player. And, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, that that is that is one of the that's one of the signings. Maybe this is a different piece for another time, Michael. For you, but that is <laughs> that, that is probably you have this for free. That is probably one of the signings that made the most logical sense yeah. with the worst outcome in terms of he's angry. He's a competitor. He's been there, seen it, done it. He scored so many goals at that level. He's completely different to what we had. Yet. For, for whatever reason, wasn't given the opportunity. I, I, I'm more on his side of the camp than Norwich. I think he was unfairly treated rather than, you know, it's his fault. But pointless, whatever reason, didn't work out. Never should have let him go. No, um, just there, the type yeah. of player Norwich needed, wasn't it? And that's what you said, Tommy, you know, exactly the same thing. Maybe this side is, is missing now. Or are we, is Josh Sargent the answer? We'll find out on Saturday. We'll find out next week. Um, yeah. Uh, yes, uh, I should probably throw in a plug here that I spoke to Stephen Naismith during lockdown. There's a lovely interview with him when I did ask him about his debut against Liverpool. So that's all there on the Athletic. Give it a read because it was um, it was joyous. I'm a big, big, big Stephen Naismith fan. But, you know, we, take a, we can take a, on board um, what we actually watched on the pitch too at the same time. Um, so uh, w- just on Mark Libra, that... Uh, it's a lovely, it's a lovely little piece to put together because it's quite, you know, I, I enjoyed that era of watching Norwich. So, um, uh, uh, and he was a player I always wanted to see more of, but I think he was quite mercurial and um, maybe couldn't, couldn't produce consistently would be a, a one way of putting it. Uh, but it did make, it did um, suddenly make us start thinking about um, Norwich City and star sign puns because obviously Libra. Not, not, not rocket science, but uh, I came up with these couple. I don't know if any of you guys actually came up with any yourselves, but um, if I can get you get us underway with uh, uh, Wesley Julio Han, um, who who Leo Leo Han, uh, or Leo. someone then someone then chipped in <laughs> back good. with uh, Leon Le, Leon McKenzie, obviously, um, and then the one I was happy with, which was um, uh, Gemini Goss, Gemini Goss, I like that. Gemini, yes, Max Aries. 
Max Aries. Mm. Very good. Swung that one straight in. Mm. Any uh, anyone else? No. Stony Silence, probably best. Mm. But if anyone out there listening or watching whatever has a uh, Norris City Star Sign pun, well, good luck to you. But you can feel free to tell us about it as well because um, I'm always love stuff like that. Um, right. In that case, I think we can now move on to a little look ahead, shall we? With a bit of uh, a bit of um, a bit of John Motson, he says, as he just uh, readies his uh, final sting of the evening. There we go. It is almost fantasy football. Thanks, John. Um, let's look ahead to Watford away. We should bear in mind also that the following Tuesday it's Liverpool in the Carabao Cup, which is um, quite a tasty third round tie. Um, I'm thinking, you know, I'm, I'm picturing Daniel Farker over four years. If you haven't read my piece on his 200 games, by the way, you can read that on the office. There's loads of loads of stats, um, including me counting that Norwich uh, played their 100,000th pass in the 89th minute on Saturday. There you go. Don't get that on Opta. Um, so, uh, but yeah, uh, so Liverpool, and I'm thinking Daniel Farco, it strikes me as classic that he would probably throw in uh, Ozan Kabak for the Liverpool game and not do so against Watford. Um, but who does he play against Watford? Because, Mel, there were some big calls. We haven't really touched on the team selection properly, but there were some big calls against Arsenal. Um, there was a lot of team selections based on the international break, but also you know, Ben Gibson was at home for two weeks and didn't start until uh, Campwell was in quite, you know, uh, enthusiastic dialogue with Max Ahrens uh, before kickoff. And I was wondering what was up there. And then the team sheet came out and uh, he didn't start there either. So, which you'd expect. You'd expect him to be frustrated for not starting. So, um it's going to be fascinating what he does this weekend. Yeah, it was. I mean, Dal for me was a was a real surprise when when I saw his name on the team sheet, and I thought Campwell actually he you know he he should be he he was pretty hard hard done by I think um, you know against Leicester he, he, the thing he does doesn't always come off and he gets stick for that, but the fact that he's one of the few players so far this season who've had a go who tries to create things who, you know, tries to attack the space, tries to, to get us forward. Um, I was surprised when he wasn't, when he wasn't starting on Saturday. Um, another, another contentious starter, always this season, Lucas Rupp. But again, he had a really poor game. Um, and surely, surely he won't start again on Saturday. Um, whether you throw Norman in and, you know, and hope that comes off. But, you know, these players have got to start Sometimes, can we really afford to wait until a League Cup game to give these players a chance? You know, it's such a big game on Saturday. Surely the, the biggest kind of leap of faith um, Farker can, can say is, you know, go in and, and show, show me what you can do in what is the biggest game of the season so far. So I hope that Norman starts. I hope that Cantwell starts. And I also think it's time that Sargent starts ahead of Pookie because... Pookie's just not looked at it at all. And actually, my neighbour who watched the game, uh, listened to the game on radio, said to me, oh, "I didn't even know that Pookie was playing until until the end. I didn't know he'd been on the pitch." That's how, you know, that's how few and far between his name is mentioned. Um, he yeah, said, "Where well, Gorham?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, he wasn't. He's just. There's something. There's something not right there. I, I don't think he can cut it at this level. I love the man. I love Pookie. He's been a fantastic signing for Norwich. A fantastic player. But there's just that that edge that he 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 had it two years ago in the first six or seven games, as we know. Um, I think that injury that he got at Leicester for me, he's he never looked quite the same after that. That toe injury. I think he only missed an FA Cup game and then he was back in for the league games. He didn't get an awful lot of time off, um, and he's he's not quite looked at it since he's just not got that edge that I think we need whether Sergeant has I don't know but um I've liked what I've seen of him so far and I'd like to see him get a chance on Saturday from the start I mean I thought Tamu was a bit more involved on Saturday than uh, it, it, but still short of what he needs to be but I thought there were some encouraging signs on Saturday I, I wonder if he's looking at it and going you know, I miss the guy who used to give me all my chances because I think that's a yeah. massive. We we spent all season going on about how special they were, how they were the best partnership for each other. It's all right for Emmy; he's like twenty four and off for thirty eight million quid and playing in, you know, a, a better Premier League side. Let's be from honest about it. Uh, and Tammy's sort of got to um, get to grips with with 
basically now playing with a team who doesn't even play that sort of football really is what it looks like to be honest with the other forwards that are playing up alongside him um Centre-back, I find a fascinating issue at this point, um, Tom, because no one that I've heard has picked up on the fact that, you know, Arsenal scored their goal away Andrew, while Andrew Bamadele had his arm in the air, pretty much. Um, so I, I understand everyone's going on about how Grant Hanley apparently is no longer up to anything. But, you know, th- th- that's probably because a lot of people can look at Andrew and go, oh, he's 19, he's really promising, he's really quick. Um, you know, that's great, which is fine. I just really don't want to be in a position where in a couple of games' time, I'm listening to Daniel Farker saying, well, we've got a really young back, fine, and they're going to make mistakes. Because at this point, I don't want them to necessarily have to do that. I want Norwich to to um, do well in the Premier League. And also, you've signed players who are more experienced so that you don't have to do that, I would say. But then am I being really harsh? Uh, on on Obama Daily, or on the fact that that is exactly what Farker would do <laughs> to, to to get an excuse in. Um, to, to be clear, Andrew is a phenomenal talent, and I know how, oh, how highly. Oh, completely. I, I think you are being harsh with the with the with the arm in the air thing because bear in mind it took the commentators and uh, uh, and others a couple of replays and super super slow mo to, to be clear. And they're it was, not playing, it, Tom. They're not playing. I know, I know, but it was. A, but they were right there, and, and you know, I, I think he, because of his age and what have you, and, and how much good tape he's put on already, I, I think you are are being harsh. And I think he should watch this and, and never speak to you on an interview again. Well, that, that might I, happen, but I, I think he think. should give you the Alan Gow treatment, as it will forever <laughs> be referred to. But no, I, I I think Hanley was was the reason Liverpool game didn't get more out of hand. I mean, he he kept us in the game. He was superb. The way he read things and how quick he is over the first two or three yards I still think is underrated by most Norwich fans um Gibson I thought of the two of them had the least reason to complain about being dropped although again you made a great point he was he was at home for two weeks he wasn't tired so why couldn't why couldn't he have started and it would have given us a bit of consistency um although you know it's nil and at half time wasn't it so that they they'd seen, seen it out I, I I don't think the issue is at centre-back. I think it will be a bit of a centre-back by committee this season. I think that is the, the grown-up Premier League way of doing it. Um, you know, we, we need to have three or four centre-backs that can come in, slide in and out as you get knocks and niggles and what have you. Um, and I would like to see, you know, all four of those, you know, Messers, um, Kabak, uh, Gibson, Omobamadeli and Hanley used in different periods. And we think we might see a back three every now and again as well in, in certain games as to what he's tried in pre-season. But for me, it's the, the issue about centre back is how exposed they are by you know the guys in front, and what what Sorensen has to do to get in front of Rup, I do not know because I've not seen anything from Rup that I haven't seen from Sorensen in the tiny little amounts of time he's played. I mean, it'd be different if Rup was you know playing really well and, and really deserving his place, and you can't possibly take him out of the team, you know, like a Williams, like an Aaron's or whatever. Um, but I, I can't see what Rupp is doing that you wouldn't say to Sorensen. He, he, he's like the one other guy that could play that position that hasn't been given a go at all, that's been here for ages and knows how to play that football. And yes, against lesser opposition, has looked great there and out, out of place at right back. So, and one other point on what you said about oh, throwing them in, you know, you know, don't want to put them in into Watford, which is a massive game. We're talking about a couple of people who have played World Cup qualifiers, you know, have gone to tournaments. You know, they they should be able to cope with playing Watford at home. You know, <laughs> quite early on in the season, it's not lose and go down. You know, it's it's there should be no way that those lads. Fair enough if they got off a flight forty eight hours early or whatever. I get I get it. As for Watford, come on, they've had a week of training. There should be no reason that they're not a fully available selection, and it would be I think uh, insincere. To, to, to use any to hide behind any reason to, to hide behind a reason like that as to why he wouldn't pick them on Saturday and I agree with you Mel uh, Campbell has to start every home game unless Rashica and, and and someone else basically kicks him out of the team he's still our best start. he's our, the closest we've got to Emmy that I've seen so far uh, I think yeah Christos might feel a bit uh, aggrieved if he wasn't starting I think on on Saturday I thought he was he was good in in the first half um yeah he's one side Rashik's the Rashik's is the other side and Camel's uh, the 10 oh okay well are they going to play with the 10 then are they well th- th- that was the other thing I was thinking what what Mel was saying about bringing Sergeant in or maybe it's you sorry Jim bringing Sergeant in for Pookie no no it was you, you you Mel sorry you, you look so similar so it's hard to get right <laughs> um, but the um the, the um yeah, uh, you talked about um, t- 
tactical flexibility, which is the thing that I'm on Farkas' case for in the Premier League. He's, you know, he's completely unproven. This, you know, basically he's a failure at this level um, so far with, with, the, with the game. He's had, what, 42 chances and he's not very good at it. Um, so let's see, let's see him go, do you know what? Maybe I need to help Pookie by having that bustling presence of, of, of Sergeant up there. Maybe Pookie would benefit now at the age he's at with the fitness he's got or whatever as being part of two. Have we got the ability tactically what we've got to make that kind of change in the Premier League? We've certainly got the players for a two now, which we haven't had before. I have to say, Jim, Quebec is maybe one issue because you are trying to keep a load of centre-backs mm. happy, although obviously you know Ben Gibson probably isn't very happy now because he got dropped. Um, but Matthias Norman, I mean, we haven't got a defensive midfielder. I, I'm struggling. Sorensen. Apart from Jakob, yeah. But, but clearly Daniel doesn't want to play him ultimately because he hasn't. So for my money you know, Matthias has to start on against Watford because why not? And I don't really want to see Billy Gilmore there because I thought we got to the point where we knew that wasn't working. But what do you reckon, Jim? Well, my my my, my view is, is that anybody you're bringing in has got to be an upgrade of the players that you've got, both as a, as a, 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 a player skill-wise and, and obviously and the, and the, the they have to fit in personality-wise as well. And if you look at all these guys, and if he's brought in Quebec, you've got to say, well, he's brought in Quebec because he's an upgrade on, say, Grant Hanley. You know, Norman is an upgrade on Sorensen or is an upgrade or trying to look for a replacement for Skip. But if you're not looking to do that, you're not going to progress. And if you're not bringing in these type of this, this calibre of player who's able to come in and to get your result against Watford, then it is going to be a very, very long season. And I think all of these all of these players who've who have come in are up a notch from the player that we've we've had before. So there's no reason why these guys shouldn't be able to come into the side and shouldn't be able to um, and shouldn't be able to uh, to perform to perform at this level. And I just think Mel's point about um, about the front line. I mean, yes, we know we've lost Bendy and we know we've lost all we we know we've lost all of those. But I, I just think we've got to get to a point where, you know, we where we say, regardless of what anybody has done for the club, it's just got to be now about getting the personnel in the right positions, in the right tactics to get the to get the results. And if that means Timu comes out of the side, Josh Sargent comes in, um, you know, I, th- I think Lee Malou has, has, has fitted in has fitted in very well. I've been I've been impressed with with how I've seen seen him play. Oh, and that's all he's going to say on the matter. Oh, Jim was was in a <laughs> beautiful point, there. and he's he's gone full stuck. <laughs> he's full stuck, but that's okay. And it was a it was a wonderful point. Um, all I was going to we'll see if Jim unfreezes. Uh, all I was going to ask for was uh, was a was a prediction, which is obviously a horrible question, but whether um, just someone wants to throw out what they want to see, the one three thing nil. they want to see. Tom three three nil. Uh, Zolis Sergeant. Uh, Aaron's. Oh my goodness me! Celebrating his new um, agency contract with New Era, New Era, New Goals. Um, Mel, have you got one? Oh, doesn't not, have to be I, just I, something you want to see. If not, don't have to. Don't do. Don't I was going to say I can't. My head says one thing, and my heart says exactly the opposite. I, I'm really, really worried that we're going to lose on Saturday. Really worried. Well, if you're anything like me, that generally means that they're going to do really well because that was well, how it used to work so. when I was a supporter. What I will say, Watford conceded two shocking goals on Saturday. And I think if you just watch them play Wolves, you're like, you know what? This They, they are not at the same level of the four teams we've played so far. No. And on that note, I think we should probably end proceedings. Um, although Jim has just rejoined us, freshly oh, unfrozen. Look at that. I, for- I cut myself off. I was having such a massive rant. <laughs> <laughs> and why you should just change all of the signs, should just bring everybody in, and why you should give me a call, and I should bring my boots on Saturday. Do it. Well, just, I tell you what, and just and just run around like a complete headless. <laughs> Apologies for that. I don't. It's my NR3 dodgy Wi-Fi internet connection. Hey, we, we've all got it. Down, we've all survived. So, um, Jim, give know. us one thing you want to see from from Saturday's game against Watford. Fight. Oh. And on that perfect note. On that bombshell. On the bombshell. It's time for us to say uh, goodbye, which means I need to uh, dig out the final steam before I say that. Um, That is it for the 79th edition of On the Ball, the Norwich City podcast that wants Saturday to come already. 
If you're yet to do so, make sure you subscribe via your podcast player of choice. The pod is available free for everyone on your usual podcast player. And we are now streaming the recording of the podcast live in video form on my social media channels. Just search Michael Bailey, The Athletic, Norwich City, and your preferred social media platform. And hopefully it will show up. Otherwise, I've done something hideously wrong. Uh, (laughs) Ratings and reviews, wherever prompted, are always hugely appreciated. And if you want to get in touch with any questions or topic proposals, please feel free to sling me a direct message on Twitter at Michael J. Bailey. Uh, A big thank you so much to our guest tonight. Melissa, thank you so much for the debut. How was it? Enjoy it? Loved it. Yeah. Thanks for asking me. Do it again. 100%. 100%. The thumbs up. That's good news. Um, Tom, thank you so much, gentlemen. Tom, he's waving. Bye. <laughs> uh, uh, Jim, and your half and half scarf. It's yes, been a pleasure. No thank more. You so much. That, that's the first and the last time anyone's going to see me with a half and half scarf on. Oh, I don't know about oh. that. Uh, right. Let's play. Uh, I'll play the thing in a minute. Uh, we will be back next week with loads more Canaries carry on in another On the Ball Norwich City podcast. Until then, never mind the danger. And we're clear, Melissa, Tom, Jim, all you Twitterkers out there. Welcome to Wits End. If any of you have stumbled across this for the first time and are wondering what on earth's going on and why the podcast hasn't actually ended, listen to On The Ball podcast number 42, which went live on September the 8th, 2020. It's all explained there, which means this is our one year anniversary of Wits End. How about that? That's uh, that's touched me right there, that has. Um, you can email this bonus part of the podcast directly with an email to Twitterkers, Twitter, K-E-R-S, at iCloud.com. Or you can use the hashtag Twitterkers on Twitter. Uh, just don't explain what it refers to because it's a secret club for only those who discover it. Um, it's a good job I didn't go and put my pyjamas on, wasn't it? It, it was, <laughs> no to, to be honest. Thank goodness. No one will want to see that. Um, uh, Jim, I think uh, the, the last time you were on Wits End was when we um, we set a competition for people to name who your brother was. Oh, that was exciting! <laughs> it was, and do you know, do you know, f- funny you should say that, right? Funny yeah. you should say that because a good friend of mine um, on on Facebook he, he he dug out some old photos in the lot. I don't know whether you can share my screen or whether I just whether I could just message it to you. But, um, oh, okay. What's happened? Yeah, yeah, I, I will do some photos of me with hair. So I'll, let me exciting. Uh, yeah, let me um, let me do that. So this, 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 is, this is fantastic. Um, I, I suppose we should uh, spend it to you now. At some point, point out that uh, the answer to who uh, Jim's uh, brother no one, was. No one, no is... one knows it because it was so old, so old. No, so, it was so was Wolf from Gladiators. Which is uh, obviously I've sent that to you now. That's my um, here's the we've got a video of Jim with I'll try and um, try and share this on my camera. That might not come out very well because I'll have to do uh, this. So that might not work, but oh, quite small pictures, jazzy pictures. One with me with Mr. Fashion you as well. Wow, with hair on from, from so. their pictures from Gladiators. That was probably 93 or something. Just proof that I did actually once have hair. I'm going to share that on uh, on, um, on Twitter. Uh, I'll I'll, I'll I'll send you a proper one. Yes, please. There you go. So you want me to share it, really, if you're sending me the proper one. No, well, I don't know. It's it's fully available on Facebook anyway. So, uh, wit's end. We won't we won't be a long one tonight. Uh, Chris Boxall. I did just want to mention his uh, his tweet. He um, he wasn't particularly happy with uh, Milot Freshit's uh, uh, liking an Ipswich Town post, uh, which I suppose under normal, normal circumstances would be understandable. But they had just signed um, Bersant Selina, who uh, is a fellow Kosovan international. So, do we forgive Milot for for doing that, or does yes. he need to be explained? You, you're okay yes. with that, Tom? I'm okay yeah. with that. Okay. I mean, it's, it's good to it's good to support local sort of Sunday league, isn't it? <laughs> Mel, yeah, that's all right. Yeah, okay, that's good, all right. good. Um, probably good time um, to flag up that the uh, the Athletic have done a big old piece on Ipswich and how you know this is the year they've got to get out of League One. How they press the nuclear rea- uh, nuclear button on their squad rebuild. Um, 
They lost 5-2 at home to Bolton, I think, on a Saturday. Um, and they're winless. I mean, <laughs> they're going to get out this season. They need to start winning some football matches. Um, but uh, I'm quite clearly aware of the fact that um, I'm a Norwich City correspondent and have no room to throw any stones in my wonderful glass house. Um, Fion Song, which I think I referred to uh, last time we did the podcast, um, but didn't actually have a... Uh, any handle on what the song was because I couldn't find a post was about uh, was for Ozan Quebec and the fact that uh, obviously the song she wanted um, pe- people to sing was the Take That classic um, whatever I said whatever I did I'm not going to sing it I didn't mean it uh, oh, I just uh, want Quebec for good that's Quebec brilliant for good. I'm going to start that chant on Saturday fantastic where are you going to be sitting Jim? Hey, me <laughs> up in the uh <clears throat> River End upper upper uh, community wow. stand corner. Good luck with that. Nice, then nice, <laughs> I was going to say, look forward to hearing no, that. No, so not There's yeah. the man the, singing it the, on his own in the family in the in the family family community stand. So you know, I guess it gets, it gets a bit lively up there. Gets a bit lively up there. Tetris. Yeah. Oh, Zanka back when he plays centre back when he plays centre back at Carrow Much better. They both work. You can can have two songs. I'm waiting for the Billy Gilmore one to 500 miles, you know. He will score 500 goals and he will score 500 more. Let's let's get one first, eh? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, that would be nice. That would be, um, we, we, this is something I really missed. I spoke spoke about it a lot last season about you know, players and songs and not having them and not really having any fans bothering really to come up with them because no one was going to be singing them. So I, I quite like this. Um, Omar has one now, doesn't he? That was that was at, at the Emirates, wasn't it, Mel? Could you remember that one? I'm sure there was an Omar Bamadeli one. Was there? But there was, but I can't remember how it was going, and I've been desperately trying to remember it. So that's oh. a gap in that's a gap in my knowledge as well. Oh, um, uh, a little flag up for twitterkers.co.uk, the website. Give it a look. Uh, there's a bit on there of players looking thrilled to sign, um, where Christos Jolis looks, you know, mildly amused. <laughs> They're signing. brilliant, um, those, aren't they? From Bra- uh, even from Brandon Williams, I've joined a massive club. It's I love that. It's a massive, massive. Hello, club. Norwich City fans. I love you all. <laughs> play. Yeah. I like those videos. Is that what um, Brandon Williams sounds like? <laughs> that, sorry, that was my terrible impression of Mr. Norman and Quebec all rolled into one. Very Welsh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, yes, and um, one of my editors uh, did actually uh, did actually poke fun at. Um, I think it was one of the editors. I can't remember who it was now. Poked fun at the uh, picture of Ozan Quebec not looking happy. So, uh, having signed as if he was going to, you know, hopefully sign for a Champions League club and, and didn't manage it. So, I politely pointed out that there is a picture of him also smiling for the sign. Do you think he actually really knew where Norwich was? when they approached him and said, Norwich, you want to go play for Norwich? Or be like Janino where, yeah, Middlesbrough, I'll point to where it is on the map. Well, this is the, the weird thing about Norwich is they, they, yeah. they have to sell it on how close it is. They did have to sell it on how yeah. close it was to London over a period yeah. of time. So, um, yeah. you see, you when know, they get here, they don't want to leave, do they? Well, That's generally. Well, no, <laughs> generally. Or they, or they move yeah. back. And, Some of them we'd, do. We'd, we'd, we'd have a great high turnover over summer. Yeah. We'd have a great five side of ex-players living in still living in Norfolk now yeah high turnover summer but a lot of them would, would still be here if they if they wanted to yeah. I think it, it was us saying goodbye rather than them leaving yeah. I don't think Alan Gow lives on Unfank Road though no <laughs> no, no not I guess not bless him um I'd go and see him if he did um but, uh <laughs> what I was going to say what was I going to say now I can't really remember what it was what we were saying before that but I'm football just Norwich City I can remember oh yeah isn't it lovely to see Mario Vranches doing well at Stoke yes I, I think there's some genuine Mario love for Super Mario. Stoke love for Mario as well. Had a chat with a Stoke fan about that uh, literally at the weekend. Um, Uh And? Yeah, talking about his uh, wand of a left foot. Uh, They think there's maybe even more to come from him, even though he's been instrumental in in some of their best plays, he said. Um, So, yeah, from from the the Stoke horse's mouth, they are absolutely chuffed with with, with the impact he's having. So, And they're, what, they're third in the league, are they, after this weekend? Mm. They're going really well. They are going well. It's a but good if, signing that one. It's fitted well. The, the um, thing about that, if the players you, you you bring in aren't any, you know, don't do better than you know those guys, then you know you might as well have stuck with those guys, mightn't you? So true, true. Time to deliver. Um, probably mm. also time to go. I think uh, unless anyone's got uh, Kenny other business. No, no Kenny other. Kenny, no, no one else to get anything. Relegation there, odds. Yeah. Oh, Apparently yeah, Norwich, Norwich, Norwich are five hundred to one. To finish in the uh, to finish in the top four, right. that's worth a bet. 
apparently. I was, so, I was afraid yeah. you were going to say 17th or above then, Jim. No, I looked at that and Norwich's odds to stay up. It's, 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 it's not actually that. Um, so for all our pessimism, the bookmakers who rarely get things wrong, apart from when they have Leicester at 5,000 to one to win the title, obviously. So yeah, the jury's still out, but we shall see after Saturday and after Saturday, you won't be able to get a bet on at all. Will you? Cause Norwich will be flying again, up and running. Love it, Jim. That's the positive goal difference as well. Yeah. Yeah. Just a few more to go on that one. Um, in that case, I think we're all done. So um, it's been an absolute pleasure, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you to everyone uh, for watching uh, and for listening, uh, of course, on the pod. Um, all I'll do is say, Mel, Tom, Jim, thank you so much. Uh, if you could say goodbye on three, that would be wonderful. Uh, one, two, three. Goodbye, goodbye on three. Goodbye on three. Goodbye, all. <laughs>